I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most well-read podcast network. Hey everyone, welcome to Bookish. I'm George DeBronis. This is a show where we ask you what's your story and what does it say about you. Today on the show, we have comedian and host of his own podcast, The Oppression Chamber, Mr. John Dore. How you doing, John? Yeah, good. Doing good, Georgie. Yeah. I love the energy there. It was really... Uh, I, did I come in too strong? You had to slow it down. Hey, no, I, I'm, I'm being chill. I'm waiting for my jelly beans to work. Oh, great. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> They're actual jelly beans too. It's not some euphemism for something. Anyways, yeah. you're a comedian. You've been on the scene now for many, many years. You're here in Melbourne-based. Um, you're yeah. very funny. I can say that. Oh, thank but, you. Uh, because uh, I've seen you lots of times. Mate, you smash it. Hey, yeah, yeah. Tell me, you know, I reckon you're, you're seriously. I, I rate your comedy very highly. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it's all right. I think it's okay. Because how long have you been doing it for? Yeah, 10 years ago I did my first gig, but that was in Perth. So, you're doing like one spot a month. Okay. And um, then, yeah, like in between, taking a little bit of time off here and there just, mm. just to do other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, some lots of other stuff. Some s- exciting things or is it just real life things? You got married and... No, no, but I had a, had, a fi- had a fiance. Fiance, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which, was, which was good. I don't know if you want to hear the story of how we became <laughs> engaged. She... Uh, we had like this long, long argument about like I was like marriage means nothing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything to me. It's a made up thing. This ties into fucking okay. the beginning of infinity as well. Lots of things do. That's why I usually try to get a bit because of this argument you. sounded like it went forever. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I was like, marriage means nothing uh, to me. It's just a made up thing. And she was like, I really want to do it. And I was like, I was like, well, I don't want to because it doesn't mean anything. And then one day we were talking about that. I remember we were laying on the couch. And like it, it occurred to me, if it doesn't mean anything to me, just get married. Yeah. So like we we're talking about, it and I was like, "All right, let's get married." And she was like, "What?" And I was like, "Well, it doesn't mean anything to me, so yeah, let's just get married." And uh, she was not happy about the way that I proposed. <laughs> she was very. She was like, "Ah, oh, okay." And then she was like, "Why do I feel very unhappy that we are engaged now?" And then over just, the yeah, it sucked. And then over the next like couple of years, like we didn't have time to get married, and uh, she came came around to like my way of thinking on marriage not meaning anything, or at least not meaning anything with me. <laughs> <laughs> After a couple of years, she was like, the "Yeah, grim- fuck marriage." <laughs> so, 
Well, I mean, we'll clear this up because you're still together with her or is it over? No, we're over. Yeah, over. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it might have something to do with you. Then. Mm. Could, so, be, could be, yeah. Yeah, you could didn't be. lock it in quick enough, eh? That's, yeah. Your cynicism slowly wore her down. Yeah, I was real cynical then, but I'm not cynical anymore. Uh, I did love that though. It doesn't mean anything to me. So why not? <laughs> like, yeah. I get where you're coming from. That's like, because it does relate to the book, I think a little bit, because that's like such a like rational, ultra rational in a way, kind of looking at it, like almost, like, but even see unemotional, not taking into account emotional meanings of stuff yeah. by thinking that. Is that something you've always done? Is that a trait of yours? Kind of. Well, all right. So that's, that's why, that's like one of the reasons this book, The Beginning of Infinity is- well, Actually, let's, let's say the book then actually before, since it's going to tie in anyway. Yeah, the book yeah, is yeah. The Beginning of Infinity. Be- by David Deutsch, by the great- Great, beautiful David Deutsch. Okay. Look him up on YouTube. You want to give him a hug. He's a beautiful man. Okay. Yeah. Um, and roughly, the book is about? Uh, the. All right. So, this is- <laughs> I, uh, Okay, look, I read the Wikipedia thing. I was like, this is a lot, but I think I get it. And it's, yeah. So, let's see you yeah. summarize it. So, I want to put a- Yeah, I want to put a big disclaimer on this and say, yeah, I'm not going to do a good job of summarizing it. There's too much in there. I'm going to screw it up completely. Um, but- this is kind of what it is. So the beginning of infinity basically relates to it's about knowledge and explanations, um, and the whole of I guess you could say humanity moving forwards and what's what's taking us into the into the glorious glorious future. And the the infinity in that is that knowledge is infinite, so we'll never reach the end of it, mm-hmm. and every like there's just problems come up, there's knowledge, and then we solve those problems. But for every problem you solve in progress, you open up a thousand other new problems. But the optimistic thing about it is you will solve those problems, but they will open up new problems. So it's like industrial revolution and all that stuff solved a lot of problems, but then all of a sudden like global warming and whatever, but we'll hopefully solve that and then keep moving forwards but it's infinite it never ever ends and we keep expanding out into the universe forever okay yeah. non-fiction yes I, I probably should clarify that at the start um okay that's a did you is this your favorite book this is my or is yeah. this the one you tell people is your favorite yeah yeah so because it sounds amazing <laughs> it's yeah just it's clarifying it's my favorite when, when you ask me i am in a, like a real heavy deutsch stage right now okay so like I read the book ages ago and then um, I've been listening to this podcast by Brett Hall called Talkcast, which is another reason I want to do this as well, to try and convince everyone listening to listen to Talkcast uh, and the Oppression Chamber. But mainly listen to Talkcast by Brett Hall. He's an Australian philosopher who is breaking down the beginning of infinity. So he's like 45 episodes in and he's- Just talking about the one book. Talking about the one book because it's so fucking dense. Wow. Um, So, yeah, it is. It's like my favorite book because it's like one of the one of the things in my life that shifted me from like being cynical and nihilistic to being like more optimistic and uh, non non cynical. Just from realizing that uh, cynicism and nihilism is based in like basically ignorance. Um, Really? Yeah. I don't know. Am I, like, am I, is that is that like a thing that you've realized for yourself, or you read that somewhere and you came to appreciate it? Like, how do you mean? That's yeah. I've kind of realized that for myself. Um, like, well, but more than that, what I realized is 
I'm probably not smart enough to know at any base level if I have the right to be cynical or nihilistic. <laughs> so, What a rational way of putting it as well. Yeah. <laughs> I do not have the right to yeah, make the appropriate calculations. Yeah, like, well, that, that's something you, like, you decide like when you're in your, like, your teens or early 20s. Not everyone, but a certain amount of people are like, eh, nothing means nothing, fuck this, blah, blah, based on like reading 10 minutes of shitty philosophy or hearing something at a pub or just like going, we're only one small dot in the entire universe, so how can anything mean anything and blah, blah, blah. And uh, So like based on like five minutes of thinking, you get to the stage of like nothing means anything, cynical, blah, blah, and then you're so arrogant to think that you know all the factors as to why you would think that. So you're like, and done. Yeah, and <laughs> done. And <laughs> can't believe I figured this out so early. Yeah, and that's it. And then you're like, this is the big, the big warning sign on that. You're like, and done. And then you're like, what are the results of this magical formulation that I've got in my head, this equation I've figured out? And you're like, there are the results of it are, I can do whatever the fuck I want with no consequences. Ha ha! And then you just go crazy and do what you want. So that's the... Uh, that's like the crux of why I changed my way of thinking because I was like, ah, oh, like, isn't it a coincidence that my shitty non-thought puts me in a position to be able to do whatever the fuck I want, like on the more like reptile instant gratification, mm. fuck everyone. And then also makes you think at the same time, you've figured something out that other people haven't figured out that are, that are like putting an effort and trying in life. So, um, yeah, all that stuff. And then this this book is like one of the things that really has broken down in – uh, a very rational way as to why, like, there, yeah, there is a lot of meaning and specialness and stuff about being a person. It's okay. One of the things that I'm always going on about is like obsessive, is like the whole nature versus nurture sort of thing. So, like, yeah. uh, because so much of what you're saying now, it sounds like, yes, yeah, something of an age where you kind of might go through that, which a lot of people might not. Yeah. But also, like, whether you just naturally kind of because you experience more of life, you kind of naturally realize that a little bit. You know, you almost don't. The nihilism isn't almost learnt. It's just like you get knocked around a bit. You see someone you care about maybe die or not. And then all of yeah. a sudden you're like, oh, actually, fuck, I do feel stuff and stuff matters almost just to me, regardless of wider meanings and all that. Um, yeah. So, it's kind of like that's why I'm so interested in like how that develops. So, like were you, did you, were you like cynical, I guess, when you were younger, like in school and stuff or did you just not give a fuck or did something, I don't know. I think- you come from a long line of non people who don't give a fuck. <laughs> My dad didn't give a fuck. His granddad didn't give a fuck. His great granddad gave a fuck for a second, but then he didn't give We're a fuck. We're all called Johnny because no <laughs> one gives a fuck. They just say the same name. You know, my dad's name is John as well. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. John, John Patrick Dorr. <laughs> I was like, what do we name him? Dad's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't know, John, whatever. Call him John. Yeah. Uh, no, I reckon, I reckon the root of uh, my being like nihilistic and cynical, and I reckon this is the root of all cynicism and nihilism. <laughs> Let me lay it down for you, <laughs> George Demarelle. You know how to lead into a sentence. Let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> is uh, I was just like lazy and afraid. And that's that's the root of all nihilism and cynicism. Yeah, a lazy coward. That's it. If if you if you're nihilistic and cynical, then you get to feel special and do whatever the fuck you want. Mm. And then any any sort of uh, you don't have to put any effort into anything. But you still get to kind of feel like you're above it because you figured out that nothing means anything, and you can self righteously do terrible crap because you're like a you know, like you're a victim of a victim of existence sort of thing. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's that's the root of all of it. So that's I think you you have that you have that nature in some way, and then you um you naturally tend towards a philosophy that rather than having to go, I'm a lazy fucking coward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get this whole edifice built around that where you can go, no, I'm one of the most smartest people in the world. <laughs> Actually, yeah. you're the problem, not me. You there, building that hospital. You're stupid. <laughs> Don't you know nothing means anything, man? Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly fucking it. So I guess like that's, that's kind of what I mean. So you, you, you were always doing that almost, but then this philosophy almost slotted nicely in with the person you're already kind of being. I guess in a way you yeah, like, like you turn nineteen and go, oh my god, nothing means nothing. You know what? Fuck everyone. It's like you already. Yeah, I was already everyone. like that, yeah. but I didn't have a compelling argument for it. <laughs> <laughs> for like when like, you hadn't heard of Nietzsche yet, Nietzsche, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, like I didn't have a yeah, I didn't have a good enough bullshit reason to fully realize my own patheticness. Mm-hmm. So I was like kicking along, and people were like, "You got to try hard in school. You got to do this. You got to do that." And I'd be like, "Ah." Oh, you know, I was struggling through it, and then when I when I didn't like achieve what I knew I needed to achieve, I would feel shame and bad about myself. And so I did that until I was about like fifteen, sixteen. Then I read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the first one of that, and in like the first two seconds, first four pages, four or five pages, the Earth gets destroyed. Yeah, yeah, by the Bogons, and then the world, like the story keeps going. I remember reading that and I was like, holy shit, if the earth blew up, it wouldn't make any difference. And then I was like, hang on a minute, everything's stupid and I don't have to do anything. And then I just stopped trying in everything. <laughs> like that was, that was, that was how, how, how little of a reason I needed to completely, like, yeah. It's like do- legit. But the funny thing about your choice there is uh, it, the book goes into the whole idea of the nihilism and like I know, it's kind I know, of taking I know. the piss of it as self-awarely. Like, yeah, as yeah, yeah. The concept of if you just see how big you are compared to the universe, you go insane. Yeah. Like that's covered in the book. Yeah, and you- it goes through all philosophy and everything like that. But yeah. I just I just read that bit and hooked onto that and then just went through the went through the rest of Don't it. Don't need that. to read anything else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Douglas Adams. Yeah. <laughs> he was a prophet of doom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, no, I was deconstructing, taking the piss out of yeah. you. Like, I did, I I did five other books that end on a hopeful note. <laughs> <laughs> they approach existence with humor and meaning. Like, yeah. no, no, no. I'm taking the first three pages of your first book. <laughs> how annoying. That's, that's how I'm living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's sign like Douglas. Let me thank you so much. Before you came along, <laughs> I turned up to Douglas Adams dressed in my like my black outfit, smoking a cigarette, all fucking. It's like I would thank you. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's like, meaningless. I don't even know why I'm here, how Douglas. Annoying. It's like <laughs> you're just so dumb. You've ruined your own life with my works. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Oh, that's that's hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, that was all that bullshit. And then yeah, this this beginning of infinity in in a lot of yeah, in a lot of ways, very quickly just disassembles that sort of uh, outlook on stuff. Um, which is good. Well, again, I guess because uh, I wanted to. Cause, okay, so actually, just just because we mentioned Douglas Adams, so like yeah. with the comedy side of things, did you start comedy when you were young, or uh, like later in, later in life? No, I was like thirty thirty one ish, I think. Oh right, okay, so a yeah. bit later. Um, interesting, because that's like well past. But at that point, had you already maybe started to experience the concept that hope exists, or was it a bit later than that where you kind of went down that path? No, like thirty five. Okay, right. I so. was like, maybe there's hope. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was 35. Funnily enough, like, so that's like halfway through that relationship. 
Yeah. Where I was like, uh, I was like, hey, there could be hope. Yeah, yeah. So as she went down, you went. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny as well because I was like a big, um, what would you call it? Proselytizer. Proselytizer. Yeah. Proselytizer. One of those words no one ever says yeah, out yeah, loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of meaninglessness. Yeah. Like, if anyone want to talk to me. Which, which um, goes against it immediately, to be honest. Like, yeah. If it doesn't mean anything, then why do you need to tell everyone? That's a hundred percent true. A hundred percent true. It's like, man, it's like whenever I, I was talking to a friend once, I'm like, oh, have you seen this movie? I think it was The Social Dilemma. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the Social Network. Sorry, the original David Fincher one. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. I watched that recently. But I was like, go. great movie, right? Yeah. And I'm like, it's a lot of fun. And I was talking to my man. This is like years ago, but it's like he was just cursing Facebook. And he's like, nah, man, I don't care. I don't want to see. It. Like, I don't care. And I'm like, oh, if you don't care, then. Why don't you watch it? It's pretty good. He's like, I said I don't care. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like you care. Like, I might it- care a little bit. <laughs> it's the person who's like, man, nothing means anything. So who gives a shit? Yeah. Let me say it again for people at the back who haven't heard. Yeah. Well, like, you're spending like a lot of energy means- with your website there. And your pamphlet <laughs> dropping. It's like it just sounds like this really means something, something to you, means- which is the whole point of what meaning is. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's like, so you know, but funny. the thing is. The thing is, I didn't... Proselytizer of me. This yeah. is hilarious. Yeah, but the thing is, I never ran into anyone like you. Like, I had a clean run of uh, fucking, what, like 15 or 20 years. I must have been so fucking annoying. <laughs> like, people were like, I could, I could explain this to this kid in two seconds, but yeah. fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want him to enjoy yeah. I don't want him to enjoy life. <laughs> He's, he's that annoying. He's so annoying. I want him to like. It would stop. make him less annoying if he enjoyed life, but he's so annoying right now that I'd rather, I'd rather he doesn't I'll just enjoy remove life. myself from this situation and someone else will sort him out. No. No one stepped like one no person like you going like, you know, there's a lot of what you just said. I would have gone, I would have gone, oh or I might have just gone, fuck you, old man. <laughs> 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 and, and, run, and run off. <laughs> What you're saying doesn't mean anything either yeah. So I guess you both don't mean nothing I'm going to read the first three pages of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy again I hate you this is, it, it, Actually, funny enough, this does relate to the current uh, world and politics right now Because of how much Because I've got a friend who I'm pretty sure is actually at this point sh- veered fully into QAnon conspiracy land. Oh, and my God. One thing that it seems to be a very common trait of... And I'm not going to say it's just the right one, because I think the left can do it as well, but it's obviously more pronounced right now. But where they're just like, you know, everything's opinions, man. There's no reality. There's just shared opinions and stuff. It's like, it's like no, you don't... You fucking... You're using English. Like, as in this, you're, you're using a door. You're, you've got shared experiences. That, yeah. Yes, we can just say, yeah, we could all be in the Matrix, but we're all in the Matrix, so we're basing that off of this. That's that's but like that's one hundred. That's one hundred percent. Like this book is an and antidote to that because it's like it, it it explains how you can have like it explains like how you can have like, an objective reality and like it breaks it, it breaks it all down. It's like knowledge. It's like how do you know what you, well, epistemology knowledge? How do you know what you know? Why would you choose this over this? What reasons do you have? Like it just goes through the whole fucking lot. This sounds pretty amazing as a book. It's yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's one of the it, the philosophy of it uh, is I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not that smart, but it makes a lot of sense to me. And, and and also like to a lot of philosophers as well. Yeah, like, <laughs> not just of, me. All right. It's, yeah, like, yeah, legit, no, well, legit. That's, um, but yeah, your mate. That's the problem. People now like going like, "There's no whatever. It's all opinions. It's all yeah. this. You can't trust science. You can't do whatever." People don't know how uh, knowledge and science and shit works, and yeah. so 
Deutsch, who has got his bona fides mm-hmm. and like uh, he's a physicist, he like he uh, he like invented quantum computing and like, oh really? Is, oh, so he's know, got proper legit. Yeah, he, he's like proper legit. He's not yeah. like some dude like in a little fucking YouTube cardboard. Going, Ma, bring me some cake, Ma. And yeah. Going out, ah, the Earth is flat. He's um yeah, like like you know Alan Turing, right? Mm-hmm. Computation changed the world. Like what he what Alan Turing was to like a two bit zero one computation. David Deutsch is to quantum computation. What? 100%. What? Yeah. Then he's written a book that you can actually read and isn't too confusing either. No, but that's that's the other amazing thing about him is he's put it down. It's accessible enough, but listening to Brett Brett Hall talk cast going like an episode or two on each chapter because it's so dense is a is a good thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And then there's another podcast that is kind of like more layman than that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of entry levels. And then you can listen to me as an entry to that other... You're yeah, stepping, stepping stone up. <laughs> 20 years from now, you'll be at a level where you can read... <laughs> The beginning of infinity. <laughs> this is hilarious. Yeah, that's another thing. The gateway drug to begin. What an awesome gateway path, though, to be guiding people down. To be honest, I yeah. love that. He's yeah. the layman of the layman. That's great. Here's yeah. my breakdown of every Tuck Talks episode. <laughs> yeah, we're doing three episodes per every Tuck Talks episode. Yeah, that's exactly it just keeps it. getting longer and longer. Yeah. And now, then what a- does the word "the" mean? It's a connector between two. <laughs> that's, that's it. It goes right down. No, but it's not that. Yeah, it's not that. Like, not that difficult. But yeah, like so, like quantum computing. Will be like the next um, massive jump in everything, and yeah, Deutsch is the um, person responsible for that. So, I mean, which yeah. is which is another. So, I'll ask you this, right? Like, uh, people like fuck, fuck science, blah blah blah, whatever. The people people don't know how science works. So, like, I'll ask you, like, how does science work? Are you testing me right now? All right. <laughs> How does science you're work? About, you're about to storm off like all those people that wouldn't tell me that life had meaning. <laughs> How does science work? <laughs> Fuck you, kid. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, like I've, I've seen it before. So that's why I do know the, the kind of answer. <laughs> but it involves definitely the fact of uh, looking at things to then formulate a theory that you then contest to reach a conclusion. So it's got to be falsifiable in certain senses. Yeah, sciences. yeah. 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 So that's. Which I, I don't know if that's fully the answer though, because like, history is not falsifiable, but that's still kind of. Well, it all kind of connects know. together, but like basically what it breaks down to is because that's what like Deutsch is talking about is like what's the difference in in history? Like you get to the Enlightenment, so like for the whole of history pre Enlightenment, which is like seventeen something or other, um, the whole of history kind of looked pretty much the same, like hundred thousand years of humanity being around. Um, Things didn't didn't change much, mm-hmm. like like one thousand years, one thousand year blocks all looked pretty much similar. Life was very very samey. A lot of problems not being solved. Then the Enlightenment came, and things just have taken off like crazy. Right, mm-hmm. like one year from now, the world looks very different. Like technology keeps jumping up. So he reckons what changed was um, basically good explanations versus bad explanations so until the enlightenment there was bad explanations for shit um and people think like science is just the testable thing but it's it's more than being testable because like even bad theories are testable Mm. like um it's like a good i'm going to butcher this but it's like a, a a difficult to vary explanation is a good explanation so you don't even have to be able to test it if you yeah, if, it, if it's hard to vary. 
Anyway. Well, uh, yeah, because I, I get that because like, uh, although now at this point you can actually prove evolution in 50 different ways. Yeah. But from the very start, um, as someone's pointed out once, it's like you could, even if there was nothing else, it's still the best. Like it's yeah. still scientific <clears throat> in a way because it's it's just the best one. Like the you be- come yeah. up with something that makes more sense and there's yeah. no like. Yeah, that's, exa- that's if exactly it. you popped up on a planet and you looked around and you were like this and somehow you came up with it. Yeah. It's still the best one. That's And, and also that's the other thing. So like knowledge is like fallibilism is like the best approach to knowledge as far as like this idiot speaking now thinks from uh, the stuff that I've been looking into, which is like David Deutsch is a fallibilist, which is there is like, you can never be a hundred percent sure about anything. So, and, and there's no, there's no foundation of knowledge. And I think that's what makes people crazy is uh, because everyone even if you never really looked into it, if you start thinking about it, you realize like, why do I think this? I think this because of this, because of this, because then you go down and down. And then you're like, why the, there's nothing down there. Like there's nothing down there unless you have to have a leap of faith in some way. Like yeah. even, even naturalism and stuff, you have to start somewhere at the base. You can, you can never have a solid foundation to build anything on. I just find that so interesting because like as in, and I, this is me like talking to you as if you're David Deutsch, but like the concept, it's like, no, what about this then, John? It's yeah, like, yeah. Um, because like I always think it's like, I feel like the base is your eyes. Like as in, I'm not saying that that means that you should only believe your eyes, but I always feel like that's a pretty strong base. Like just looking around and being like, oh, this pen falls. Like I can see that. Yeah. So like that doesn't mean that a pen actually does fall, but it means in the reality I'm existing in, it's fallen. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. like we can kind of start from there. You know what I mean? Yeah, you do start from there. But then you also have to have um, your own explanations for what you see in place and they have to be, like, good explanations. So, mm. you already have to, like, go, am I, am I awake? Am I asleep? Uh, is this is this working? Did I see? So, you, you have to start from it's, – it's like, you know, we know about stars and shit, but they're, like, so many thousands of light years away. They're pinpricks of light mm. in the sky. We look at the telescope, they're a bit bigger. But we've never actually seen the surface of a star or anything. Like, you have this thing in your mind now because we've seen so much science fiction and stuff – that we've actually been out and like been close to this shit, but it's all it's all just data that we've come up with explanations for, and all those explanations are just like guesses. <clears throat> so that's the that's the basis of any knowledge that exists scientifically or otherwise is it's a creative guess. So that knowledge didn't exist anywhere in the universe, and then humans, as far as we know, we're the only ones that can guess like because we're creative yeah we imagine something that hasn't been imagined before and then by a good explanation or bad explanation and test you go this one makes the most sense yeah and if someone else comes with another one it's like why and then you can compare them and then yeah there's there's contradictions so you go this this over here this part of reality this is the guess for that and then if it's a good explanation and then if it makes novel testable predictions you're like this seems quite true. It's the best explanation. Then it becomes provisionally true. And that's all anything ever is yeah. because you will always get more information about it. So that's what everything's operating on. So like science and everything that people are like, fuck it, you can't trust it or whatever has, has never, ever said this is true. It said this is provisionally true. So even evolution is just provisionally true, even though it, uh, this confuses me a bit, even though it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's fucking true, <laughs> you creationist cunt, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you were doing so well. Yeah. Even though <laughs> it was 
isn't true, <laughs> even though it's true. <laughs> it sounded like you were going to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, well, I'm a fucking idiot. No, but I, like, but it's like you could come up with. There could be a new part of evolutionary theory that makes, like the the parts that work and predict are representing something that's really happening, but you can get more stuff added to it that's a better explanation of what's happening. But the stuff that's happening is happening anyway. It's confusing. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's that's the main that's the main thing is science has never said this is a hundred percent true. It's like this is the best explanation. It's always open to falsification, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is our best explanation and you go with the best explanation. And then all the other explanations that we're not going with are worse explanations. So that's what it breaks down to. Yeah. Better and worse explanations after all that fucking rambling, sweating and fucking <laughs> yelling and screaming. It's good and bad explanations. That's actually a good way. That is a good way of summarizing that. Really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good what and bad makes explanations. A, what makes a good explanation? What is science? And it's so simple. Like, I love then, that. then you just have to go. What is a good explanation? What is a bad explanation? Yeah. And then there's just some basic things that no one really argues against. I think that's the best description ever of science. Thank you. My name's David Deutsch. Read my book, The Oppression Chamber. <laughs> You're really good. <laughs> Every chance you get, I love that. Um, <laughs> Okay, to go uh, on the slide chat, one of the things you mentioned there, because I did see it in the uh, when I was looking up this book very briefly, which I'm very quickly finding out I'm getting an absolute amateur read of. But uh, the creativity side of things, because I noticed that that is a feature that he talks about, the, the ingenuity or whatever that is. Wh- yeah. Whatever creativity is, because you could yeah. argue it's a kind of knowledge. Yeah. But that's, um, that's, that's a distinct part of it, right? Yeah. That's, like, that's the main – that's the big difference between like us and um – most of the animals, maybe some have a little bit of it, but it's like we we bring new knowledge into the universe that's never been there before. Like evolution and stuff brings that in, kind of like through random mutation and natural selection and stuff. That's kind of that's knowledge as well. But we, yeah, we make it real quick in a way that yeah. no one understands. And even like like artificial intelligence and shit like that is nowhere near doing yeah anything like that. It's like it's a special it's a special sort of magic. Yeah. But ma- magic only being that we don't have an explanation for it now. <laughs> I love how you need to constantly clarify. It's like I believe you in evolution. Fucking creationist cunt <laughs> I'll be yelling Every that time. out. I just love yelling. It, look, it's got uh, good uh, alliteration. Um, the like there's because like I don't know whatever whenever anything gets mentioned that's even borderline something to do with creative and then obviously you're a comi- you're in yeah. comedy so I guess that, that that element I always find interesting because like obviously there's a, there's an element of being like oh yes and I'm creative and that's what true knowledge is <laughs> We're all very creative so <laughs> I'm not a nihilist anymore guys I'm with Deutsch which yeah. means creativity is knowledge and I'm pretty creative so yeah <laughs> you're just still protecting yourself thank you finding a new way to talk yourself but like I guess. Oh, to go on that wild tangent, but like, we did you go because uh, you start the fact you said you started comedy when you were like thirty one, whatever. It's very late. Yeah, was the was there a reason? Yeah, because I was a lazy coward. <laughs> okay, so you always wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah, but then you just didn't because you just were didn't lazy want to. coward. Because uh, like, okay, <laughs> okay, you're you were a lazy coward. We get, <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But uh, like, because I feel most people would have had like upbringings where like at least they did something creative or something. I don't know. Did you have anything? Oh, not really. And it was specifically comedy that you were like, I will like, or did you write when you were younger or something? What did I do? I did like talks in school doing like talks and stuff like that. I would always do, like I'd always go get real nervous and then go crazy and run around the class and people would like that. Mm-hmm. I remember like high school people from other classes would come and like stand at the window sometimes. Oh, really? Like, John's doing a talk. Let's watch him skits out. <laughs> um, yeah, like, so a couple of things like that. And then um, what else? 
I was just, yeah, I was just like, oh, it's funny. I feel like I was funnier, funnier before I started doing comedy, probably. Like, I just, yeah, because then, like, I don't know, like, I just, yeah, it was just like crazy in real life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You found an outlet for that kind of pent yeah. up. So I just, yeah, I was just, I would just be like crazy and funny, I guess, around, yeah, whatever was going on. I do find like even, I mean, I, you would have noticed, like maybe you noticed it, but like even the nine months we had off or six months, whatever, for the quarantine here in Melbourne, um, I'm definitely way more intense right now than like because the gigs are still pretty reasonably dry. Whenever I'm on stage, it yeah. is. There's a lot going on, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Which is fun, but it's like funny how much that builds up. And yeah, energy the, there's no release. release. You got to yeah. release it. Yeah, yeah. You definitely have to release it somehow. Um, yeah. Well, when when the gig stopped, <clears throat> I started making clips and stuff for a bit, which was a good little release. But when there was no clips and stuff, I just started running. <laughs> I was like like Forrest Gump. <laughs> I was like, I'm running, and then like, I just started running all the time, and then, until I <laughs> until I completely like fucked my body. I ran like 28 kilometers one day. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty solid. Yeah, that's, yeah. Because if you weren't running, training for a marathon, you were just running. No, no. I was like, I'm gonna do, my, I'm gonna do a marathon. Yeah, and then I just, um, yeah. And then I, I like screwed my knee and I think gave myself some sort of hernia or something like that. Oh my. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's the same. If I was doing comedy, I wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I would be, <laughs> I'd be just chilled out and save it for again. the evenings. Yeah, yeah. So I 100% agree with you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's interesting. Okay, so yeah, because so the creativity was kind of there in a weird... It doesn't even sound as creative. It was just energy or like performing. It sounds almost more like than conceptually. You know what I mean? Yeah, pre- performing probably like a bit of like look at me sort of thing. I think also like a feeling of like wanting to be a little bit. Like, yeah, I've been, I've been like funny and like there's there's something there. I don't know what what level it is there, but it's there. Like you come come to Melbourne and then it's like a. A concentration of all the people in Australia with that something there or a lot there altogether. So then you start doing comedy and stuff, and that kind of normalizes, and you, you forget about it. But when you're just more like in more social, institutional, schooly situations with everyone, if you've got that little bit of something, it stands out more. And then uh, I, yeah, it was just fun to be like, aha, look at, look at what I can, I can like be an idiot and people laugh and stuff. And then, uh, 
maybe like getting older there's not as many situations for that sort of insanity like you can't do what you do on stage out in the world that much maybe you can do it around your friends a little bit but then everyone stops drinking as much and they're like they're like don't do that around the kids and you're like fuck where does this where does this part of me go anymore and you're like oh. you creationist cunt <laughs> you creationist cunts i don't think he knows what that means this is <laughs> this is creativity which is knowledge that your children have knowledge but yeah, no, I, that's interesting as well, actually. So you, it's a natural development of someone who's got that urge, let's say, and you were at least letting out spurts of it because you were still in school and then uni or whatever you were doing there yeah. in your early 20s where you can still be an idiot. Yeah. But almost as everyone got more responsible, you were like, I need to let this out somewhere. You kinda, then, yeah, you kind of get stuck. And then I think maybe it's like the... Uh, I think, oh, yeah, also for me, yeah, it was like the, yeah, there's nowhere else for this to go. And the the other reason it took so long as well is like I'd always like watch comedy and stuff and I'd be like I I can do that and then that made me feel special like thinking thinking that I could do it and then because I was a lazy coward I was like never organized to ever do it Mm. and then the cowardly part was I don't ever want to find out that I can't do it but then when it yeah it kind of got to a stage around like thirty years old I was like. there doesn't seem to be any consequence to me finding out that I can't do it. Not a big consequence. Just to yourself. No yeah, one just, else is going to care. No, no one really, yeah. But, but no, one really, no one really cares. All that, all that, all Everything that. means nothing except for my feelings about comedy. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> You're a good complex man. Yeah. You're 30. It's very confusing. Oh, man, it's no better being fucking 40. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. It's all fucking. It's slightly more aware now. It sounds like. Yeah, but you know, you get older, you get more aware. Yeah, but that that <laughs> let me stop you there. <laughs> Can I stop you there? No, no yeah. so either you get you get more aware, but that awareness doesn't doesn't stop anything. You just get to watch it like a car crash in slow motion. But like you can. And then if you want to change it, you're like, oh, you're going to do all this like effort and stuff. But it's more like it's now you first step, yeah, yeah. Now you're just now you're just aware of what what uh, your meat vehicle and your brain that has been given to you and that you've like sloppily taken care of for the first whatever. You're like, oh, this is what I got now, and then you can see it, and you're like, ah, oh. and then you're like, oh, I got to fucking fix this. Yeah, I definitely think that's a uh, element of like when I'm like trying to get anyone to. If I want to say I want to get healthy or whatever, it's like the very, the very, very, very first thing is like just be like that's actually why meditation I think is like it has that element. It's like you if you are just aware of your own body and your own brain, if that's it, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Just be checking with yourself. You'll eventually make changes because like you're just ignoring that. Like if you literally just yeah. sit there and be aware of like how your body feels and how you feel, you will be like, oh, I kind of want to fix this. Like this doesn't feel great. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. I agree, hundred percent, man. You got to yeah, be aware, meditate, and yeah. just yeah, and then like look at yourself. Like I, I like I listened to that Jerry Seinfeld on Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you listened to that. Yeah, 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 that was super insightful. He just broke it down without any pretense. He was like, you just treat your your brain is a stupid, stupid dog. Like, it's a stupid dog. It can be trained. Like, you just got to, yeah, train it. And that's it. Yeah, you just got to, like, look at your whole, yeah. That's probably a, a id and superego and all that stuff and restraint versus, yeah. You know what you should do, but then, like, yeah. your body's like, nah. Yeah, that's, that's it. And then it's, like, it's the body. It's, yeah, it's the, the id that is that that subconscious reptile thing 
that will make you susceptible to any sort of philosophy or ideology or thought process that just satisfies it. Like Right, so without that, any detail. So without yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll make you ideology, I think is probably the better way to say it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like that's like the whole like narcissism, cynicism thing based on a very shaky, stupid foundation. That part will go like, yes, believe this. And then something else that makes a lot a lot of sense as well. It'll go Bleh. like you you won't like when you look when you look in the direction of like the stupid, bullshitty, nonsensical, meaningless that leads to chocolate, drugs, and all this fucking horror that which satisfies the reptile. When when you look over there, everything's just like the the subconscious, like yes, and like your eyes light up. Then when you look in the other direction at this stuff that makes more sense. Mm. It, you start to get like real tired and like, fuck, <laughs> you start shutting down. And, ah. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Okay. Yeah, eating, yeah, yeah, eating healthy and ugh. yeah, yeah, waking up and stuff. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, that's a hassle. That's yeah. So, so were you not? Um, so I guess from what you're saying there, you you did switch as well from being like you were less healthy and you became more healthy, or were you always kind of relatively that side of you was actually pretty good. Yeah, I was like super not healthy. I would have I would have stints of trying to like be healthy and stuff, but yeah, mainly like from from about nineteen to thirty, like I was like crazy self destructive. Like I was just uh like drinking and doing a yeah, like taking drugs and smoking <laughs> shitloads and yeah. just uh yeah, like like just trying and chocolate and food <clears throat> and everything, just and chocolate, drinking, smoking, yeah. taking drugs, chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I, yeah, I was crazed. Like I was like, I was like, "Fuck this," because I think like basically, like I wanted to drink, drinking, smoking, and taking drugs. Super, super fun. Aside from the consequences, yeah. And so yeah, so like, re- a reasonable, most reasonable people would be like, the consequences and this greater society, my health, my family, whatever, blah blah blah. But that's where my like my shitty ideology stepped in and was like, but nothing means anything. Mm. Like, you know, like, and you're taking a, you're almost a hero taking a stand against this absurdity if you get fucked up. So, yeah, yeah, that's how I, that's how I did it. No one's thought of this before. It's like the Joker, (laughs) he's my guy. Yeah, yeah. He gets it, man. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Well, but there was no Joker back then. Well, there was only, there was only um, Jack Nicholson Joker. And that's, you're not basing yourself on Jack Nicholson Joker as a young man. <laughs> he was way too campy. <laughs> he can't. So I'm glad. It, but no, uh, like Fight Club. Nothing means anything, but I'm not gay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing means anything except for being straight. <laughs> Just everything. It like makes no so sense funny. or it makes the most amount of sense like that whole meaningless thing makes is maybe almost just as much as meaning. Which means if you're choosing the non-meaning, it's it's, a it's it's a choice not based on just the just the facts of the world we live in. Yeah, I mean, like, it, so it, yeah. it, it's it's based on what you want to do. Well, I mean, I, for me, it's as simple as uh, like, did you read much philosophy when you were younger or anything like that? Well, that, that's how I like got into like re- philosophy and stuff like that because I was like a pretentious little fucker. So like, I started like reading stuff. So then when people would talk to me about stuff, I could smack them down and go, no, it doesn't mean nothing. So, like, when I was younger, I, like, read a, I read a bunch of shit. So I was smart. It's so unscientific. But I, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. So I was, like, 
yeah, fifty percent curiosity, fifty percent pretentiousness. Yeah, um, and then, but then also, I think, funnily enough, now like I'm not. I don't know if I've sounded pretentious with uh, my mispronunciation of a couple of big words during this, but uh, funnily enough, over a long, long time, there was enough nuggets of goodness in the stuff that I encountered to kind of, I feel like, sway me. Nudge you in the right direction. To the to the right direction where, like, now I'm, yeah, now I feel like I have got some, like, pretty, pretty good, like, operating uh, software going on myself from more, all this stuff. And it sounds like, uh, if I'm going to guess, it sounds almost like the main thing is just a bit more humility. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. when, I, when I would ask, like, the questions as to why, there wasn't, like, a... It's like you just do you just do this, or you end up living under a bridge, or you. But there, but there wasn't like a convincing reason why, yeah. and uh, like that's it. That's why reading like a tiny little bit of shit can like you can out argue someone that is wiser than you, or someone that is just by chance, or, or someone someone that's doing the right thing for reasons they don't know. Yeah. So you can do shitty things; they're doing the right things. You can be smarter than them in that way, but they're smarter than you in. In some way, yeah, anyway. it's like it's almost you're looking at these cultural norms and you learn enough to be like, oh, you're allowed to question things, but then yeah. you don't take the next step and be like, but maybe they're there for a reason. Like, is yeah, in, that's it. So instead, you just bail. You're like, oh, no one can explain it. It obviously means nothing. Like, yeah, is that, in, yeah, that's exactly. Instead of taking the next further step and being like, actually, this probably is a reflection of a long history of people doing things, which then have a yeah. long way of managing between how just people interact, which is a very complex. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's exactly it. You just and, you just go, let's tear it all down because there's some shitty parts in it and then also there's a lot of other parts in it that that say you have to work and be responsible and do some things you don't want to do mm. and you have to not yeah and, but you'll actually be better if you'll you do be better these things like society will be better yeah. you will be happier than you would have been yeah and you'll like more not you'll be just every way you'll be more knowledgeable you'll be happier you'll be more fulfilled yeah 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 do you, do you want me to tell you why humanity humans are the most important things in the universe I mean, it's a bold call, but okay. Yeah, so this is this is what swung it for me. Like, so <laughs> it's always about you emotionally being satisfied <laughs> because John Dor's the best. That's why. Well, let's just start it's with humanity is the best, and then we'll work. Your then we'll work it back to me being one of the few that understands why. <laughs> Doesn't that make me oh, interesting at parties? <laughs> It just feels like you haven't learned anything at all this whole time. It switches around back and forth. But yeah, as okay. long as I'm against whatever group I'm in. Um, so this is yeah, like that whole like Stephen Hawking's. He said, and this is from beginning of Infinity. He said we're just like a little bit of chemical scum on a uh, ordinary planet in an or- in an ordinary bit of space, mm-hmm. and um, we don't. Yeah, that's it. We don't really mean much. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah so Hawking, Hawking said that, and that was that was like my. I feel like that's a lot of people's like impression of humanity. Like we're just a little thing on a little planet. If it goes away, nothing matters. The universe goes on, mm-hmm. but um, we're we're potentially the only. As far as we know, yeah, yeah, the only thing in in the universe that has like this creative power of knowledge and can actually. Uh, like make technology and stuff, um, and then aside from that, like the universe, like the Earth isn't in an ordinary part part of the universe. Like ordinary part of the universe is like just pitch black vacuum, no yeah. space. Um, so that's not ordinary. But also the 
it's like real parochial view of things because we are the only things potentially in the universe that over a period of time, if we don't kill ourselves, we we will like we will master we will move off the earth and master the universe and be like the main the main thing of like the entire the entire universe like the mm. technology gets better and better so we're not just like this tiny little thing we're like the the only thing and then also like this this like leads into like people going like oh get rid of humanity and then like let the earth go on as like a beautiful natural haven for the animals and you know like that whole line of thinking uh kind of yeah i yeah. mean i think it's 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 so silly that it's almost yeah but yeah yeah it's like like this the earth is doomed like a hundred percent is going to be like a meteorite, like a giant asteroid. Like in the next hundred billion years, yeah, yeah, will hit us. Yeah, like the sun's going to get so big that it explodes. It could be a pandemic that like is just wipes everything out. Like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of all things have become extinct in the past and mm. will again. So, like the only the only hope for the Earth is for humans to like sort their shit out and save it. So, mm. like where the as far as the Earth goes, we are a hundred percent the most important thing, and uh, there's there's no like everything. Every animal, everything dies without us getting our shit together. And then, as far as the universe goes, we might be the only thing in it, and one day we might inhabit the entire universe. Like, and the, yeah, could be no suffering. Could all be beautiful, lovely, blah blah blah. And it's all yeah. That's yeah. why. Yeah. So that's why any argument about us being nothing is silly. It's trying yeah. to be cool. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's worth yeah, it's worth trying. Hmm. It's interesting you uh, put that association because uh, are you? It's like you, you keep trying to find reasons which involve living, like as in a part of you lives on, is what you're saying here. So oh. humanity living on, or we get to make the Earth live on somewhere else, and like yeah. that means it's meaningful rather than which is an interesting direction because I almost. Like, while I agree with that as an idea, I feel like the most valuable thing of anything is just like right now, this second. So, it's interesting that you're you're really framing it like, because one day we're going to be this or yeah. just to let the earth keep living where it's only hope because like, is that something, I don't know. Like trying to, like, you, some, what's your some, view on death? It oh, sounds death. like you've got some, I don't know, some, no, uh, yeah, it's you, interesting the, the meaning you're attributing yeah, you're gonna, to that continuing to existence. You're going to die, but then the whole like meaning thing is you have to... Have your your values rooted in the like your values are connected to something, you know? Um so like yeah, like right now in this moment, right now. Like if you want if you want to go like right now in this moment, right now, what are my values connected to like you know, it's more than just like wanting some food or whatever like that. Like mm. the all the like all the basic stuff isn't isn't enough to keep you going. So I guess you it's not like not not like some sort of seeking immortality or whatever, but it's like what are you, what are you a part of, and what you are a part of, what what the good parts of civilization are a part of, like the uh, the what would you like the the enlightenment thinking sort of thing the quest is it, for growth and betterment for and, everyone, yeah, progress and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, it's a um, what you're involved of is a. A pr- like uh, understanding and alleviating of like all the all the suffering and ills in the universe and all the things that make you kind of th- want it to not have meaning. So you're like you're you're like shittiness and stuff like that. Like what you're what you're involved in is like getting rid of that forever. Yeah. So that's like something good. 
So even there, the way you phrase that, I don't know. Again, I'm just like, it's so interesting because you're like... Put, you put, think, you push back. Don't be polite. Put, well, yeah, tell, us, saying, tell us why. Well, then you're me. saying that like all the things which make you not want it to have meaning. Yeah. Like when you're saying that of bad things, like pain yeah. and death and yeah. sickness and all these things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the... Not everyone would be like that happened, and they're like, "Oh, if only this didn't mean anything." It's like that's such an interesting. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? By the fact that you're saying that, like, oh, all these things which make you want to not have meaning, mm. like all the bad things. Yeah, but there's, your reaction to bad things isn't necessarily to be like, "Oh, I wish none of this meant anything." Like, that's not actually how guess, most guess, people yeah. would react to it. Oh, uh, maybe it's so just you're reacting like, to it like more that. like pessimism, maybe. Like, yeah, more... but even like, like, yeah, but pessimism is like. Do you find yourself in general? Sometimes not being as emotionally connected with other people as other people seem to be. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm trying to figure out. Like I'm writing down on paper, like uh, tallying up reasons to. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm like, mm, all right, this makes sense. I shall, uh, <laughs> I shall function for another day. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, it was like that. But it's almost like. Uh, you know the, the thing where something's so scary that you pretend that it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, so, yeah like yeah. we we're talking about before. Yeah. Uh, well, lazy coward. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. as in uh, the reaction, but it's because you're feeling almost the most out of anyone that you're then going in the other direction, and you're like, "Oh no, it doesn't. Who gives a fuck? Nothing means anything." It's because like you're actually hurting a lot, and you don't know how to handle it. Pro- probably from an I emotional think, point of view. Probably, I think. So yeah. that, I, that's what I mean by that. So when you're saying like, oh, the reaction to badness is to be like, oh, fuck it, it means nothing. It's like that's such a distancing yourself from yeah. I think the I think, negative feelings yeah. almost involved. Yeah, in it. I wouldn't say that's like a hundred percent me, but I'd say that's a hundred percent. So you're quite an emotional being then. True. Uh, I think you know what? Well, this is yeah, this is getting quite deep now. <laughs> I feel well. I feel like you you can like. I feel like a lot of people can do this, but I guess you've got your natural calibration of how much you feel and then maybe if you feel more, then you can like dis- decide how much you want to feel or not. You know, like you got the you got the valve. Some people like can open the valve and they're fine. And then like if you open the valve and all the, all the and you're like, ah! <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. So you kind of kind of got the uh yeah, the choice of like being like ah or closing the valve. Yeah. So as in like you 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 can't have it halfway open. It's either kind of like if you let that stuff out it's going to be a lot. Yeah. So your the only reaction to it then is to kind of tamp it down. Tamp it. Yeah, bit. put it through the filter of David Deutsch in the beginning of Infinity. <laughs> I'm thinking about stuff, guys. Not because of my emotions, all right? I'm just thinking, all right? Yeah. But that, so what do you actually feel like you're more like that potentially? Yeah, I feel I'm I'm pretty like yeah, like emotional and stuff if yeah, if I let my let myself be. Yeah. So you actually feel like maybe a lot of the time you don't because of how much you'd feel. Perhaps, perhaps. compared to other people from perhaps. how you look I'm, around. I'm not sure I'm not sure how other people are doing it, but perhaps um yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. If you reckon, <laughs> no, no, yeah, good, good psychoanalyzing. Well, just because, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, first of first of some people, some people genuinely don't have uh, that deep emotions and stuff. So, yeah, I feel like most of the general population, yeah, you have the emotions, and yeah, I think if you like, if you 
some people feel feel more, some people feel left if, less. If you feel more, then you guess you are uh, yeah, you deal with it in a way. Yeah, <laughs> like you put put up a wall. I think that's like fairly common, like yeah, fairly yeah, just, fairly common how people. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess. Like I'm, I don't know. I'm always like. I'm probably on the dial thing. I don't know whether I'm actually maybe a bit lower than other people, but like again, I don't know if that's an emotional block thing or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. But mine, mine isn't like ever been like oh, I actually feel more, and I'm like I've never even entertained that because I don't think that's true. Well, it's like you know, it's like I think like maybe an analogy to life would be, uh, being in a relationship with someone, and then maybe as much as you give yourself to that other person is as much as they can hurt you, and then you can give more or withdraw more. As you, you know, and then the the more uh, wonderful stuff you want to get out of it, the more you have to give, but that opens you up more to feeling all these things that could be good or bad. And then if you have, if you think ultimately what you're opening yourself up to is, yeah, something that's more anxiety and pain than is worth it, then um, yeah, you, you close that, close that valve. Close that valve, baby. Close that valve, baby. I'm closing the valve, baby. Close the valve. Yeah, but uh, but I mean, but that's I think that's like people like that are like religious and stuff. People that have like they they can open the valve because they're like there's a lot of bad, but you know it's I'll be up in heaven. Like it's good. It's mainly good. You know. Yeah. People yeah. think people think that think it's mainly good can open the valve to the whatever, but then you know they get chucked in the back of a van once, taken to a deserted area, bound up and slapped around and whatever, and then released back into society. Their valve is closed. They close that valve. They, they're like, oh, there's some terrible things there. It takes a while to get that valve back open. I just don't know what situation you're just referencing there. <laughs> it was with a man, not a woman, I'll tell you that. I have no idea what you're referencing. Some there. sort of horrific, traumatizing experience. It's going to make people lose their religion. Well, people shut, will shut people's valve. I'm saying okay, like, oh, you mean in general? Any yeah, so experience? like if the world is a, is a beautiful, wonderful place to you, then you open the valve and let that in. But then if some... Yeah, if it's not that. Well, it sounds like most of us are going to be walking around with pretty broken so, valves, to be honest. Yeah, but that's why you need a philosophy that allows you to open the valve and then the bad things that happen, you can deal with without having to shut the valve. To not react. Well, I mean, is that philosophy as much or is that... Well, I guess it is. Like, so you could it's like a, a, mo- a mode of being. <laughs> it's a mode of being. Yeah, yeah, but it's an appreciation of like... Because almost now we're going venturing more into the world of self-awareness rather than... Yeah, so for, it's just it's just whatever you want to your way of in being interpret. I guess it's like this is going to sound so terrible. It's what gives you strength, George. What what's give, gives you the strength to be thrown in the back of that van and go? I'm keeping the valve open. I'm keeping the valve even with all this van. <laughs> what happened to you in a van? I'm not telling you. <laughs> Fucking creationist cunts. Weirdly specific, man. No, no, I'm just thinking of some horrible, horrible thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's what you went with. Just whatever, whatever. Like, you know, you're walking down like High Street on a Saturday. <laughs> I don't know. you in a van. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, well, that, was, that was bad analogy. No, but that, anyway, uh, that makes, I feel like that makes. No, it's super interesting. And because it, it sounds like you've thought about this before. Well, I, I haven't thought about it in that specific valve type way, but like, yeah, I think. I think, well, it's obviously with life. You know, like who who was someone said maybe it was even like Joan Rivers that said like life doesn't get better you do or something like that yeah. like you you get yeah you get stronger so when you you can have the the idea is you want to get strong enough so you can have experience reality 
and be fine. Like if you pick up hot things all the time, you get calluses on your hands. Then you can pick up the hot cake tin and take it out of the thing without burning your hand. You get mm. the delicious cake. Your hands aren't burnt. So yeah, that's that's a real good analogy there. Okay. Yeah. So what's that? Life is the life is like a cake. It's a beautiful, lovely cake. Then you try and grab it with your little tiny hands, and then they get burnt. And you're like, ah, fuck life. But then you get calluses on your hand and you pick it up and you're like, it's super hot. But then you're like, I can take it. And then you enjoy the cake. All right, thanks. Listen to the oppression chamber. (laughs) (laughs) Who's picking up a cake with their bare hands? Don't ruin my analogies, George. I'm not smart and I'm not a writer. (laughs) Well, you think it's some sort of mitt? The mitt is religion. The mitt is is false ideology. If I had a kid and I saw him getting a cake out of the oven with a mitt, I'd slap it out of their hand and go, I'm teaching you about the real boy. See, I always feel like the calluses aren't necessary and hindering you rather than getting a mitt to then eat the delicious cake without damaging your hand. Look, this this analogy is interesting. but uh, That's good. Look, people get the analogy. Anyways, we probably should call it there. This has gone on uh, quite a while now, I think. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, last... <laughs> this has gone on long enough. <laughs> this has gone on long enough for everyone. And uh, yeah, so, uh, and if I'm going to catch you, do comedy, and you've also got your own podcast, which is The Oppression Chamber. Yeah, The Oppression Chamber. It's very salty. It's. I feel like that's a funny people. Because it's funny, even, even your comedy on stage, it's not, it's salty, but it's not like it's nuanced. But I feel like in this Oppression Chamber, it's just proper, just. Let's let's see how insulting. Let's see how it, salty we can get these jokes. It gets pretty rough sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. at least on stage, I feel like you've been tempered by audiences to be like, okay, I gotta, li- yeah. I gotta figure out the right angle to come into this. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, and like people you want to want coming up after you, like you don't want the wrong people coming up after you. The gig going, yeah, man, you nailed that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's how funny is that? I think that's that's an important part of actually doing stand up. Is yeah, uh, uh, anyone who does it and doesn't hate that, like, is they're doing a joke and then someone like that comes over and is like, yeah, you show them, and you're like, oh, I don't like. Yeah, exactly. That's it. When you see enough, when enough, and when enough of the like, the seediest sort of people come up and are like, we should be friends, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I gotta you know, really carve out that part of my mind. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like is that who's in my to... head? That's yeah. who's living in my head. <laughs> you know, it's just like, is that what I've been acting? Like, that's... I don't want to promote this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's like, exactly right. That's that's one of the fucking best things about comedy is. Uh, you get to, you get to see that. Yeah, that's like, actually pretty funny. I yeah, never thought about that. because yeah, yeah. you know most people in life don't explicitly tell you about your like ugly, horrible stuff, and then you go you go up on stage and you say it, and then yeah, then you find out. Yeah, and you think you're like you think you're like all nuanced and clever, but mm. it's like oh wait no, only these people liking it. Ah, oh, I don't know if I'm doing this right. Yeah, that's it. I'm gonna take a long hard look at myself. People, people, you know, close the, fun- the valve. <laughs> The funny part is it's people like you. So you get up on stage and go, I'm going to say all this stuff. And then like at the start, then you say, yeah, and the people that like it are the people that are like you are in that moment. And yeah. then you're like, oh, it's me. <laughs> I am changing immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so do comedy. That's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for being on. Um, yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Georgia. That was good. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support this show and all the other shows we do here at Sanspants Radio, then why not subscribe to sanspantsplus.com? For as little as $5 a month, you could have access to a whole bunch of bonus shows and content. Once again, that's sanspantsplus.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.